0: Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. St. Paul says this to the church at Thessalon, the Nike, in our epistle lesson this morning. This is a perfectly and expected exhortation from a passage of Holy Scripture appointed for the Lenten season, right? I mean, don't you expect to be called to holiness during Lent and to discipline and rigor and fasting, etc.? Lent is, after all, as we've been talking about in our Lindisfarne meetings uh, midweek, Lent is about discipline. We seek to fast and to bring to bear new spiritual disciplines, perhaps ones that we've never tried before, perhaps even ones we've never heard of before. That happens too. Uh, Particularly in Lent, not forgetting works of charity and mercy. So we are hoping to walk more and more like St. Paul is instructing us so that we may please God. And God called us to holiness. Yet, our day today, contemporary in America, in this pop culture that we live in, is a day of confusion. And the church has largely gone along with and given in to the confusion. All of us individually as members of the church at times, I'm sure, have fallen into the confusion. But worse yet, big swaths of the church and institutions of the church have given way to this confusion and given in. Thus, I would argue the church is very confused in our current cultural moment. Philosopher Charles Taylor coined a phrase that is helpful to our current moment. Expressive individualism. And you may have heard this phrase because it's been going around a bit lately. And you may not know what this hubbub is about. Let me hopefully explain this morning. I believe the meaning behind this phrase has been gathering steam for decades. Obviously, in some ways for centuries. St. Andrew's College had an intensive class at the end of last term, and the students discovered that much of the current cultural moment comes directly from the ideas and teachings of Jean-Jacques Rousseau, Sigmund Freud, Karl Marx, and Friedrich Friedrich Nietzsche. Of course, we could go back further, and um, further than that, and that's, you know, 1700s and, and, and a lot in the 1800s and see that the 150 years before that <clears throat> shows us how these men were produced because of the Enlightenment and then we could go back before that to the scholastics during the Middle Ages and realize, oh, these were the Enlightenment men of the Middle Ages before the Enlightenment ever really took off in some sense and so on and so on But to see the most recent trends that have brought us to this moment in cultural history, think, if you will, of the slogans, particularly those of you at least my age, that we heard growing up and have heard for decades now. Follow your heart. And I always thought when I first started hearing that, that sounds really dumb from what I've learned from the Bible. Why are we saying this? Be true to yourself. And we misread Shakespeare's Polonius quite often, I believe. Take care of number one. Hmm, that doesn't seem to be what Jesus and St. Paul said. Find yourself. I didn't know I was lost, but now we know. Our whole culture knows we're lost. You be you. Actually, my wife says that, and it doesn't mean good things when she says that to me. (laughs) Or the advertising slogan, you deserve a break today, right? The center of all of this stuff that we've been saying for decades is the individual self. It's you. It's me. That's what we're talking about. Jesus doesn't seem to think the same way as our current culture thinks, does it? Does he? Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. Yes, a typical paradoxical statement from Jesus. He is God after all. But at the very least, we know that where our current social trend is, is not where Jesus is. We can at least see we've got some contrast here. The book, Habits of the Heart, argues that the origins of expressive individualism date back to the 1800s, and the authors point to Walt Whitman as a primary example. As we've already seen from our St. Andrews intensive class, it goes back further, but Whitman is a particularly American example of how we got here. So not just European figures, but American figures, too, have brought us to perhaps the brink of societal annihilation. It's gotten really bad. Alexis de Tocqueville, the author of Democracy in America, remember the Frenchman who visited America and wrote about his visits? Um, We had a class, actually the same professor taught a uh, a one-off class on Alexis de Tocqueville. Um, uh, uh, I I should ask him about this quote. Uh, And he wrote about American individualism. This is what he said, or one of the things he said. Individualism is a calm and considered feeling which disposes each citizen to isolate himself from the mass of his fellows and withdraw into the circle of family and friends. With this little society formed to his taste he gladly leaves the greater greater society to look after itself. Now, de Tocqueville's pretty positive about America. This is not the most positive thing that I've read of his. This little society formed to his taste. We see this a lot still today. Um... This little society formed to its taste is quite normally in American history of the family. We've also seen, though, communes start up. And if you read of the history of communes in America, it's pretty wild and crazy. Even in the 1800s, you're like, what? They were doing what? I'll leave that to your Google uh, time. Um, but we have this tendency to form little communities that please us. we can see that the America that he looked at with these little society built to our taste back in the 1700s and 1800s has gotten a bit out of control today as the expressive part has been added to the mix. The little society formed to his taste has grown greatly to be the very, very little society that is just me. Thank you very much. The individual's inner self, especially one's feelings, has outgrown everything else. And in our current age, to be truly authentic would mean to express my inner feelings. Yuval Levin in his book, The Fractured Republic, helps us to see this a little bit more clearly. Expressive individualism suggests not only a desire to pursue one's own path, expressive individualism, I feel that I have to be over here, so pursuing one's own path, but also it suggests a yearning for fulfillment through the definition and articulation of one's own identity. It is a drive both to be more like whatever you already are and also to live in society by fully asserting who you are the capacity of individuals to define the terms of their own existence by defining their personal identities is increasingly equated with liberty and the meaning of some of our basic rights and it is given pride of place in our self-understanding it's a mouthful and it's a brainful it's a brain dump but if you haven't been following the, 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 the contours of this discussion, it's a good way to start asserting who you are, my inner self, expressive, expressing my individuality. And mine's different from yours. I mean, yours is probably good too, but, you know, in natural pride, mine's probably better, right? And now we've equated this with freedom. My ability to assert my basic identity is a right that I have, my rights of liberty and the pursuit of happiness. The expressive individual of our culture feels a compunction to be authentically himself or herself, regardless of manners or of other social niceties. In fact, society is usually considered as oppressive of the expressive individual's authenticity. Taylor, again, helps us to see this authenticity. I mean the understanding of life which emerges with the romantic expressivism of the late 18th century. By the way, it's totally tied in with the romantic movement. And on a bigger scale, you can see this. Rousseau was a romantic, right? In fact, in some ways, he birth the romantic movement so Again, Taylor, I mean the understanding of life which emerges with the romantic expressivism of the late 18th century that each one of us has his, her own way of realizing our humanity and that it is important to find and live out one's own as against surrendering to conformity with a model imposed on us from outside by society or the previous generation or religious or political authority. This is the romantic idea of the the free native aboriginal in the new lands. He is the model of true human freedom because he has not been, he's not had European civilization's oppressive touch. Well, he has now, of course. But this was their idea back then that the child is the ultimate innocent. A child does not have a sin nature, he's innocent until society corrupts him, right? These are romantic ideals, and I hope you can see how this fits with this expressive individualism. So this idea brings us back to the difficulty of marrying our current cultural norms and fads with our Christian faith, which big swaths of the church today, right now, has been trying to do. In a word, the marriage has to be annulled. There is no affinity between the two. St. Paul has given us direction in our epistle lesson this morning. Let's just take the simple form of his teaching you should abstain from sexual immorality. The Christian expressive individual has told me in numerous discussions that I've had over the years that he is abstaining from sexual immorality while he is having sexual relations with his girlfriend. In his mind, the two are happening. He just redefines what St. Paul means. Because to be authentically him and to express his inner identity to Jesus is more important than conforming to some societal religious model or ideas of what he should be doing. The biblical model of discipline cannot be married to the life philosophy Taylor called expressive individualism. The Lenten disciplines, of course, also fly in the face of this expressive individualism. It used to be, some of us can remember, that children were told, if you can't say something nice about someone, don't say anything at all. It didn't deal with the heart exactly, but it did address the mouth, right? If I'm going to express my authentic individual self, then why should I stop what I'm saying? You should listen what I have to say about you, even if it's not nice. Come on, get with it. That's um, toleration after all, right? We used to train our young people, to not say or do whatever might pop into their heads, right? Some of you have had yourself or children that struggle with this. In other words, we train them to actually use what we call a filter. You don't say everything, right? And we used to teach them to have a caution with how they behave, their actions. You might as well be complaining with the Romantic Poets about the oppression of society upon the young. To teach our children these ideas is oppressive. You're giving them some other model than what's in their hearts. Yes, actually, that's the idea, says Jesus. In the romantic stage, you know, in the late 1700s, early 1800s, there really were children dying in the work environments, in the mills, and, and children were working as young as they could walk. Today, children's hearts remain dead in a culture that says, I am the center of the world. One of my favorite sayings for a teacher that I've used numerous times since I first heard it from Travis Rupke. Kid comes into class and is very self-centered and Travis used to say, and now I say, hey buddy, the room doesn't tilt in your direction when you enter the room. You are not the center of all gravity. We are called, my friends, to die to ourself. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. This is really one of the main lessons of Lent, isn't it? Jesus also says in the same place, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. May it be so for us this Lenten season and throughout our lives. Amen.